a former IWGP heavyweight champion, IWGP United States champion, and current never openweight champion made his Impact Wrestling debut at the conclusion of Slammiversary on Saturday. It was the Switchblade Jay White, the man who pinned Kenny Omega in 2018 to win the IWGP United States Championship. I'm Ryan Joy, and I run MinutesToBellTime.com, a website and database tracking pro wrestling from around the world. On today's show, we're talking about Jay White. What's he up to in Impact? Is he friend or foe of Kenny Omega? We also have headlines in the last 24 hours, including Goldberg, Keith Lee, John Cena, and Nikki Ash. Travis Severance is in the house, and Switchblade Jay White is one of his favorites. And this is the Daily Wrestling News Show for July 20, 2021, where we sort through all the bullshit in wrestling news to find you the truth. Good morning, Travis. Welcome to the Daily Wrestling News Show. It's great to be here, as always, talking about a fine wrestler such as Jay White, the king of the world, basically. Yeah, so the big news that broke on Saturday night, Jay White, at the end of the Omega and Sammy Callahan match after Omega, he uses the one-winged angel to put Sammy Callahan down on a bed of tacks. He's celebrating with the Good Brothers, and out comes the current leader of the Bullet Club, Jay White, and they just stare at each other as the show goes off the air. So it's a nice little cliffhanger. Is Jay White with Omega or is Jay White not with Omega? Yeah, it brought me back to the things that used to I used to love and also hate at the same time with WCW. It was not uncommon for that sort of ending during Nitro where you're like, oh, it makes you want to be at the arena because when you're at the arena, you get to see the fallout and then they go usually go into some kind of a really cool dark match to end the night back then. But I didn't have any money back then and it was in Atlanta, Georgia and traveling on a plane seemed like an impossibility when I was you know, 17 and 18. Jay White is just awesome. <laughs> so <laughs> like the fact that they decided to bring him over, it was interesting because we saw going into... New Japan and stuff. They're building up different storylines and stuff like that. It felt like after he took the never open off of Tanahashi, there wasn't really, they didn't have a story to move him into. There was all this kind of chaos going on. They had to cancel some shows and different things like that. So I was interested to see if he was going to be somebody that was going to come over. I was really hoping that he would have been flanked by G.O.D., because yeah. I think if you throw the gorillas in this thing, it gets real live real fast because now you got the heart and the soul of japan bullet club coming over here to confront the imposter bullet club or the bullet club of old jay took control as the leader of bullet club after kenny moved on he hasn't really lost it since when evil switched over from lij i thought maybe okay there's a chance that we'll see some leadership there because he was an lij guy or definitely high in the rankings there and it never really materialized i thought maybe he was going to be the japanese leader and then we're going to have kind of the american speaking leader as jay white and then have some sort of a rift, but it just never caught on. And at that time, Jay White was nowhere to be found because it was the early days of the pandemic and Jay doesn't live in Japan. So they could only use the Japanese talent at that time that Evil won the New Japan Cup and became the double champion. So in a way, because Jay was absent, Evil kind of was right. the leader of Bullet Club. Yep. But eventually Jay comes back and they never really have publicly said, hey, Evil or Jay is the top guy, but it's pretty clear that Jay ranks a little higher than Evil does on the pecking order. Yeah, and he, Jay just has some 
insanely legendary promos if you've never gone back and listened to it in in new japan does two style promos they they do an in-ring promo that after the match or interrupting somebody's match similar to what we see today on other wrestling and then they have this you know it's a post-match locker room post-show scrum so to speak and man some of his stuff that he comes up with is super super clever it's really on point but he hasn't been wrestling for all that long he debuted like 2015 as a young lion and allegedly he was somebody that kind of prince david or finn balor recognized wrestling and said hey come and try this thing out and for 2015, 2016, he was essentially a jobber. And like the running joke actually was, if you go back and you look at his wrestling stats during that period of time, almost literally the only person he beat during that time was David Finley. So <laughs> there's like this David Finley rift with him and stuff. And there was some allusion to him wanting to face David Finley next because David knocked him out of the Super Cup earlier. So there's a whole bunch of stuff going on in Impact. And like, it's nice that Impact gets to be the statewide recipient of some of this, depending on how they go with that story. You've got the Omega thing, but in the background, anybody paying attention to New Japan knows that there's a never open stuff between him and Finley too, depending on how they decide to play that story. Right. And if people were watching the end of Slammiversary closely, they would have seen David Finley and Juice Robinson running to the ring as the show went off the air too, Juice took the Blade Runner from Jay White and then everybody else left. So that's how that ended. There are impact spoilers out there if you need to go read ahead on what's happened. I have not done that. No, nor have I. It's better to just watch it play out. Jay White over here in the States is a good thing. He has the match with Finley to defend that Never Openweight Championship next month at the New Japan pay-per-view, American Stateside pay-per-view. And it'll be interesting after that. I don't see Jay losing the belt there. And do we have this friction with Omega? And does that play out on Impact? Does it play out on AEW? Does Kenny collect a Japanese? At one time, this relationship between Omega and New Japan was not very strong, nor was AEW in New Japan. That seems to have subsided. I don't know about Omega specifically and whether they would have him beat somebody like Jay White without... A commitment to do a bunch of dates but very interesting set of i mean jericho's openly talked about wanting to go back and obviously the friction that that the all elite guys had with the with new japan when everybody because the elite were essentially the the guts of bullet club at one point and they all walked to do this thing now if you fast forward politically new japan leadership has turned over as well so you've got a completely fresh take which is the reason why you're seeing some of this cooperation from them in the first place impact gets a nice should get a nice bump from jb in there in the next couple of weeks to sort this thing out it's interesting and you much like koto abushi you buried the fact that jay white was also an intercontinental title holder so you're trying to get rid of his history just like Kodat was but yeah he was one, he's the rare he's the only person that's held all four of those titles in in new japan he doesn't he hasn't had the big belt yet but let's get through g1 and let's make sure that we get that on him sooner than later probably wrestle kingdom um i hope we see those guys move over to AEW because i think obviously the exposure number is 8x whatever a impacts getting and stuff like that so yeah hopefully this starts here and then it transitions over and we see more of it 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 is i was very surprised that jay white showed up solo he's not he's not really a solo dude he's not a big guy he's not this huge imposing figure or anything like that he's in great shape he's a great in-ring worker he's one of the best heel style wrestlers 
that you'll see. And his, his promos are sharp and cutting and biting. So he's just, he's a treat. And he, you're right. He usually has a protege, somebody to interfere in his matches on his behalf and distract his opponents. I, I almost can't fathom a Jay White match without that. So I would assume he'll have some alliances built or he'll have a little secret in the back. So. Yeah, maybe the story that they're going to tell on Impact is like he feuds with Finley and in, in, in Juice a little bit. And maybe the you know, the quasi-Bullet Club guys are on the outside doing that sort of dirty work for him originally. And then we see the thing unfold with them at the end to, mm-hmm. to blow it off. I could see a, a story going that way. Or maybe they carry it over to AEW and then the falling out of the Bullet Club happens over there too. It's a lot easier. You mentioned that it would be nice to see some of this on AEW. It's a lot easier to deal with the impact schedule because the impact schedule, if Jay White's there for four days, they're doing impact tapings for the next month, basically. He's good, um, including that homecoming show, I think. So So I think the only thing that would stink in there is this. <clears throat> so they did the impact tapings. Those tapings are done. The stories are told. The matches are finished. If some of this does bleed over to AEW into live crowd, it's going to suck to have three or four weeks of tapings with resultish things there in the background mm-hmm. versus this live show and how they decide to commingle that. Cause I think it gets a little bit strange in there. It's like, Oh, I wonder what's going to happen. And like anybody can click on the internet and go, Oh, well, actually this is what happens. So maybe they're going to tell a different story over there on live, or it's going to be, you know, they're going to be next to each other, but maybe they'll diverge a little bit or they'll just drop pieces in there. Who knows? Maybe they just did that show and then we're not going to see Jay show up until that ends up panning out absolutely yeah but we know jay is here probably in the states through the august what is it 14th show with yep. new japan so he's probably going to hit at least one more taping with impact and he's got plenty of time if he needs to show up on AEW. so well there's we'll new japan see. strong too you yeah. can see some things happen in there he is a florida resident like a lot of people don't realize that but some most there's a chunk of these new japan guys like kenta that are actually florida residents they don't actually live in japan they live in florida so coming over isn't this big to do like it is for other folks not under normal circumstances but japan is still heavily sure. a huge issue to get to so people will have to go there and quarantine for 10 days which is which means sitting in a hotel room. So it is rough to go travel between. So I'm sure they're going to. I'm positive that Jay doesn't. I'm positive Jay doesn't mind missing the Olympics while he's over here doing this other job and getting paid. Right. (laughs) All right. Well, we have in the second half of the show, a lot to talk about. Monday Night Raw last night was pretty newsworthy. Lots of returns and debuts and new champions. So All that we're going to cover in the second half of the show. Stick with us. We'll be right back in about a minute and a half. If you love the Daily Wrestling News Show, then I want to tell you how you can support us. First, check out BodySlamClothes.com. You can get a variety of shirts for just $20, and all of them come in the super soft style, and the price you see includes all sizes and shipping. Get 10% off two or more shirts with the promo code SHIRTS10. Go to BodySlamClothes.com right now to check it out. And join Joey Jarzenka, Ian Schreier, and Rob DeLuca on Monday nights for the Primetime Rundown. They take you through the world of sports, and the show kicks off each Monday at 7 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And each Tuesday, Al Carl hosts the Essential Wrestling Podcast alongside John Smith, myself, John DeCani, and Gary Mahaffey. It's another week of updates and highlights in the world of wrestling. Here are our analysis on who we think is going to win the week's matches. 
Coverage begins at 6 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And Pro Wrestling Pick'em. It's a place where you can join or host a Pick'em League to test your predictive skills in the world of pro wrestling. Create an account and join a league now at ProWrestlingPick'em.com so you can play against your friends or play against the universe. And the Body Slam Brigade newsletter, currently going out to over 4,200 people each Friday. It consolidates all the top stories in professional wrestling into a quick-to-read email written by me for you for free. Sign up now at BodySlamBrigade.com. And of course, this show, the Daily Wrestling News Show. We're here every day, Monday through Thursday, and occasionally on Friday. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or watch us live on Facebook and YouTube at 10 a.m. This is the Daily Wrestling News Show, and we thank you for your support. Okay, into the headlines portion of the show. Travis, I've got a whole bunch of names that go with the Raw report from last night. But pretty newsworthy show. I guess we'll start with Keith Lee. Keith Lee's back. Sorry, Keith. Thanks yeah, for coming. Weird. weird, weird, weird. He got he actually got what I would consider a pretty big reaction from the crowd. He was home in Texas, which right away is a hint to you that on WWE television – that man's taken a loss, but it wasn't really that great of a loss. He kind of got his butt kicked by Bobby Lashley. It's it kind of a, a waste, I think, because Keith Lee is a guy that they could have just turned up a little bit and pushed him out there, and he could have been a fine challenger for Bobby Lashley at any pay-per-view in the upcoming, in the future. But it looks like Keith Lee took a pretty definitive loss to Lashley, so that probably isn't happening anytime soon. And I don't know, maybe this is the end of Keith Lee. Maybe he's going back down to NXT or he's leaving. Yeah, it felt like a farewell thing. Like, it, 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 great for Bobby. Like, we hadn't seen Keith Lee since February, where he beat Riddle, actually, was his last appearance on WWE TV. And well-liked. Who knows what's going on? Like, he, he posts stuff all the time that's cryptic, and he doesn't want to tell the full story. And there's been some Mia Yim struggles and different things like that, and that's a significant other. And who knows? I, I don't know. You, that sort of drubbing on live TV felt like your contract's coming to a close. <laughs> I, but again, just like you said, and I, I guess he's a Texas guy, but he got one of the biggest pops of the entire night because everybody's been waiting months for the guy to come back. He's well-loved. He was super over coming up from NXT, and they gave him the weird entrance and went away from his better entrance and stuff. And man, the last time, I would just love to see WWE take somebody from NXT and repackage them in a way where I thought, oh my God, this is a better packaging than what NXT has, rather than just bring them up and think that you got to redo them. Like Hunter builds the characters properly and, and, and presents them in a way where it's, holy cow, we're going to bring these guys up. This is going to be fantastic. These are impressive athletes. And then they got to go through this friggin' WWE car wash of vomit. And then we see Keith Lee getting squashed by Bobby Lashley randomly to set up. Well, dun, hold- dun. Yeah, hold, hold the thought on the whole uh, setting the guy up for success just to be going through the car wash of moment because we have to come back to that in a minute. But yes, after the Keith Lee match, we have the return of Goldberg. So now- it's pretty common knowledge that Goldberg's got to do so many appearances a year. He's under this kind of weird contract where he's got to show up and stuff like that. But you and I both want Goldberg to be one thing. And it's been very clear the last couple of times that we've seen him, he's not going to be that thing. I have fond memories of Goldberg from the 90s. He would come out, it'd be a three-minute match, it'd be a spear, it'd be a jackhammer. Hopefully the guy didn't go to the hospital after the match. But 
that was it. He ran through people, and he ran through a whole bunch of people in a row, eventually won the titles, still had short matches, beat Hogan, beat everybody, and that was it. And that's that's all you got. You got like a three-minute part of the show where all the fans are on their feet chanting Goldberg. They've got the signs and everything. And that's not what WWE is giving us. They're giving us 20 minutes. I shouldn't say it's not always 20 minutes. Like the McIntyre match at Rumble was pretty short, but they give us longer form Goldberg matches where Goldberg doesn't win. All I want, if you're going to give me Goldberg, take the most annoying heel you have on the roster. The one that's running their mouth that all the fans hate put him out there in a segment where he's running his mouth and the fans are booing him and stuff. That's when you hit Goldberg's music and he comes out and he spears and jackhammers that guy. We all have a feel good moment and we go home. I don't need to see him lose to Bobby Lashley. That's not how I want to remember Goldberg. It's just super strange. So when you compare, and this is, we, we do these, this is part of what we're doing. We're comparing. So we have Goldberg, who's exactly the character you talked about. Now you're asking him to be a character he's not. And then you're going to, what you're going to do is you're going to advance his age 10 or 15 years on top of that. So now you have him wrestling longer format rats, matches with more technical wrestlers. So you're actually doing the opposite of bringing the nostalgia of that character in and making him what people want to see. Where if you contrast that with the stuff that AEW's had Sting do within Sting's capability based on his age range, they've protected the Sting mystique. They, right. they, they don't have Sting in the ring with Ray Phoenix in a tables, ladders, and chairs match. Right. The, Goldberg asking Goldberg to come out and do these 12, 15, 18 minute matches on the way past the sunset of his career. Now I will say this to, to Goldberg's credit. I felt very much more like in who knows, we'll see body wise. He was in a much better space this oh, looks, time yeah. than the last time we saw him. When we saw him against drew, it felt like he got a phone call that day. He got on a plane and then went. This feels like it was at least a little bit more planned out. So he had time to get himself into condition and stuff like that. And listening to Undertaker and stuff, as you get older, obviously you have to, you have to train harder to get yourself into that spot. Otherwise you're not going to be what you are. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think he, he looks, appears to be ready. I'm sure the program leading up with Lashley and Goldberg will be interesting to an extent, but there's no part of me that's going to say Goldberg's probably going to win the championship. Now, I could be wrong, and they, they could very well have Goldberg win that championship. They had it happen a couple of years ago. He beat The Fiend in Saudi Arabia. But I just don't feel like that's what we're building Lashley to. We're not building Lashley up to lose to Goldberg. Uh, I don't think. I don't think so either. Now, speaking of building people up to lose, we had a debut last night on Raw of a man who has gone essentially undefeated in NXT for the last year and a half. He won the NXT Championship from Keith Lee, the other guy we squashed earlier in the night. He comes in, carrying Cross, makes his debut. There's no Scarlet. There's no pomp and circumstance. The entrance is not what it is on NXT, not by a long shot. He comes down to the ring. So they take all that away. He comes to the ring, and he loses to Jeff Hardy in about three minutes. Now, granted, Jeff had his feet on the ropes. I guess that's enough to put down Karrion Cross, but I can't get mad about booking wrestling booking. That's what I signed up for when I did the show and I direct launched my website and everything. Like it's too easy to get mad at all the wrestling booking out there, but man, does it sure feel like they screwed this up. There's a difference. I think there's a difference between getting mad about booking and being critical of the way that they're telling stories. And it's been a critique against WWE. Sure. And we listened for the last couple of weeks with Stephanie McMahon and other people saying when the live fans come back, we've got a whole bunch of surprises and stuff like that. 
a lot of these were predictive. Cena has been all over the place. He talked about coming back and we had Goldberg that we knew was coming back to before the show even started and different things like that. And we had some expectations on some debuts and different stuff. When you look at this thing, you had Jeff Hardy. Now, don't get me wrong. He had, went, went back to the entrance music that everybody loves. But he came out and he beat him like he was Jackson Riker from two months ago. Yeah. And and Karrion Cross had to get out of the ring and grab his NXT title belt and wander back. And from the time he entered through that curtain to the time he exited through that curtain, the whole crowd was crickets against him. And I'm sorry. If you're going to take all that work and you're going to have him pin the next top five NXT guys basically in the ring on your last pay-per-view and you're going to make him this unstoppable juggernaut champion and you're going to have Jeff Hardy be the person that beats him live on TV for his first night out. It's just amazing. And in this morning, it's obvious how he feels this morning on Instagram. He posts a picture of Matthew McConaughey in Dallas buyers club with no caption. And you know what? I don't blame him. That seems to be on brand for him. I'm sure he's not thrilled this morning. And why would you be? Well, so the whole NXT commercials that they're airing throughout the show, throughout raw is <laughs> who can stop carrying cross? Who can, <laughs> Well, I guess Vince McMahon's answering his own commercial with Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy. If Jeff Hardy has to appear on, on NXT tonight, right? I mean, that's... <laughs> I got, I, is he the challenger? Is that where Jeff Hardy's career... He's, the sun is setting on Jeff Hardy's career and he's going to be in NXT to do it? Like, yeah, it sounds great to me. But... <laughs> his last like six matches or whatever were main event. or like. Yeah. All right. We've gone far enough with Karrion Cross. We've got more to get into. Of course, John Cena... He returned at Money in the Bank, and I spoke about him a bunch yesterday. He'll be on SmackDown on fr- this Friday, apparently, to tell Roman Reigns to his face that he's a. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually expecting that we see John Cena on NXT. I think we're going to see him on 205. I think he's going to be a main event. Like, they might yeah. as well do the full tour with John Cena and really pump those numbers up. I'm thrilled that John Cena's back. I think it's interesting for me to watch the reaction to the WWE Nation because. I can remember when John Cena was headed out and headed to Hollywood and the responses by the fans and everything were not very favorable to John. And I think he's the second best wrestler that's ever laced the boots up. Just a phenomenal, um, phenomenal character. Just one of the greatest as far as responses and stuff goes. And here he is to right the ship. And it, it is nice. WWE has a lot of these commodities that they built up over the years where if the nose is down on the boat a little bit, they can bring them in and it'll lift it up. And it's nice for them to be able to have that to be able to go to when they need to. Looking at John, John looks like he's a lot more, he's thinner. He doesn't seem like he's as thick as he was. So it'll be interesting to see when he actually gets in the ring and he works a match. I think his presentation is going to be different just based on looking at his appearance and his body shape. He doesn't look like the same size John Cena. Hollywood's a different animal than WWE is for sure. But I'm happy to have him back. I felt like his Hollywood run was mediocre, especially when you try to compare it to what The Rock's doing. But it, it he, he's great. He gave Riddle the rub. It's nice to have a big face that you can look at and go, oh, this is an exciting face outside of Drew McIntyre having to carry that mantle this entire time. So it'll be interesting to see what he does. If you put him in with different people and you tag him with different people and you fade him a little bit and you don't have him be singles and he's just the rah-rah guy, I think that would be a great fit for him to ease him into the ring with some ring work. Yeah. I, I wonder if he'll wrestle any matches before SummerSlam. It seems like they ought to do something, but but I'm not sure that he will. I don't know. Good, bad, or indifferent. There were a lot of there were a lot of cards that they played last night. So the Texas crowd that bought those tickets got to see a lot of things. 
They did. Yeah. So they definitely got their money's worth in terms of the the total opportunity to see some newish stuff. As and far uh, as delivery goes. Yeah. Man. Well, let's talk about. Uh, well, we can just briefly mention Viking Raiders and Riddle. They got a win over AJ Amos and John Morris, and not really much of a story there. But Viking Raiders are getting a tag team title rematch next week. Rematch is really not a big story either. On this the, show. the rematch isn't a big story. I think the story from this is that, that it feels like the Omos, to, at least to me and at least to that crowd last night, Omos and AJ Styles are booked upside down here where they probably would have been better off if they came in as faces because they're both AJ's way over still and the Raiders are stuck in the spot where you're like when you're the second best face in the ring regardless of the the story you're telling you're going to have to do a bunch of work to try to make the story fit and I feel bad for them and I feel bad for commentary based on what they're mixed into here because they're better than that agree they're great so Charlotte and Rhea Ripley they had a rematch on the show last night again rematch is not really news but Charlotte retained the title but then Rhea Hit her with hit Charlotte with a riptide on the outside, threw her back in the ring. Nikki Ash came down, cashed in money in the bank, won the Raw Championship from Charlotte Flair, a new champion crowned on Raw last night. Now, this is Nikki Cross's first singles title in WWE, and I'm including NXT in that. She's never held a title. She won the tag titles with Alexa Blicks, but other than that, she's never been a champion. So, congratulations to Nikki, almost a superhero. And we'll see where this title reign goes from here. It's very confusing when you look at the possibility of Becky Lynch coming back and the possibility of big matches for SummerSlam putting that belt on Nikki Cross right now seems a little weird but I don't know what they have in plan so I guess we have to wait and see yeah I mean I, I Nikki is her I guess we could call it ascension has definitely been a surprise and she's delightful and she's but it felt five weeks ago <laughs> she was in tryout mode or whatever with these yep. three minute survival matches or whatever and then all of a sudden we have her coming off the top ropes and and she's now the women's champion so you know perhaps it's this thing with john cena right like, you know john cena is a guy who is targeted at little kids he is super over with the crowd of people that are probably watching raw from 9 to 9 30 and then going to bed the people that have to go to bed at 9 30 because it's a school night those people got to see john cena in the first part of the show well nikki cross with this new superhero character is very much a character that should be marketed towards little kids. And you put one of them on top, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. And it, the other thing too, that we talked about a couple of months ago is that during the pandemic and as it's winded down a little bit, it's been the world of the heel champions and it feels like we're going to get a flip on that. So we're going to have faces come front and center, which makes a lot of sense. Live crowd selling merch kids at yep. the shows, stuff like that. You want the good guys to have some belts for a little while now. Financially, it may, it's a smart move. It'll be interesting. I don't know. Maybe this is Alexa Bliss. I don't see yeah, you know, going think. back to Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair against Nikki right now because I don't think that would work. Yeah, no, I think you get Charlotte versus Rhea in a last woman standing match, and probably you're right. It's Nikki Cross versus Alexa Bliss. Good versus evil. Yeah, it's Sell a whole bunch story. of capes and st- things. Yeah, for yep. sure. Okay, some other headlines outside of the Raw universe. Impact, going back to them, they signed former WWE wrestler Aiden English. Now he's known as Drama King Matt, so he'll be appearing sometime in the future here on Impact. They also signed John Schuyler and Savannah Evans. Those are two people that worked on AEW Dark. Any thoughts on those uh, signings, Travis? No, Aiden English is interesting to me. He's been out of work, really, for two-ish years, it feels. Yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see what they do, like. Impact doesn't feel like it's a small roster. It's like the opposite, I think, sometimes. that There's people we just don't see forever or whatever, but 
maybe they're doing this for a trial run or they're going to come in and, and, and spice some things up. They do have a sort of a niche in the quirky character department. They have plenty of serious wrestlers. Moose is serious. Saban is serious. Sammy Callahan's serious. Ken Shamrock comes back and he's serious. They have plenty of serious like wrestlers, but then Al Carl talked me around on No Way Jose and things like that. They Johnny Swinger. They have a place for the weird in Impact. So yeah, it's a little more cartoonish presentation and stuff like that. But it's not the reason I think it works in Impact is exactly what you're saying. There's half a roster that's goofiness, and then you can take the serious guys and occasionally you can do some goofy stuff. So it's, you have two sides of a coin, and I don't mind that from a presentation perspective. When it looks strange is you've got one thing like that that's weird. We're dealing with Abaddon biting necks and stuff like that. We don't really have a foil to her, so to speak. So it looks strange, whereas it doesn't with the way they do Swinger's Palace and the other stuff like that. So it's it, to me, it's more enjoyable because it's consistently goofy and stuff, and it lets people do it in a different way. So I, I don't mind it on impact. Right. Well, back in WWE world, about 45 days ago, I think it was at this point, WWE released Braun Strowman. Well, they also released some Braun Strowman merch yesterday, and that's out in WWE shops, so you can go pick up a new Monsters Are Real tank top. It even has little new words next to it that it's brand new, just been released. I don't think it means anything about reading into it. Somebody in the merchandising department might be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Let's clear these shirts. They should have. Had, we would think they put them on clearance if there was hope of Strowman coming back, but... The NWA is kicking off their champion series tonight on Fight TV. This is going to basically put the current champions in situations where they have to go up against legends. I don't think it's one-on-one. I think there's some tag things here. But their current champions, Nick Aldis, Pope, Camille, and Aaron Stevens, they're going to be somehow squaring off against people like Austin Idol and Molina. So, The opposite of interested in that. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully the Legends have a representative or something. Like a chainsaw or a baseball bat or something. (laughs) I'm not sure I'm going to see Austin Idol jump in the ring, but not at all. PW Insider has reported that Naomi has quietly switched brands from Raw to SmackDown. That makes sense because her husband, Jimmy Uso, is on SmackDown and probably needs a driver to get from town to town. Absolutely. I think that's a safe bet. Yeah. Okay, and then some lineup things. We have NXT tonight. We've got Raquel Gonzalez versus Zia Lee for the NXT Women's Championship. This is a David versus Goliath for sure, only if David knew Kung Fu or whatever. And then we have Bobby Fish and Kushida versus Tyler Rust and Roderick Strong. So that's on NXT tonight. Anything there, Travis, your uh, peak your interest? So I think Raquel's been super interesting, super impressive for me. She's, I, I said it before, I think she's probably the most improved women's wrestler in the last 12 months. By far, she's well. She's exceeded. She's exceeded my expectations in it, a lot. If they're going to hot shot her to main roster, I can see Zaylee taking the belt off her. But hopefully, they don't drag her up there to have her get beat by, I don't know, Mandy Brooks or something on SmackDown. Um, but Zaya, I think, would be a lot of people have been looking for Zaya to hold that title and stuff like that. She makes a nice transition and it gives you a way to bring them up. And that whole roster has been shaking up, so it'll be. Interesting to see how Hunter decides to put the pieces together with what he has left over after it feels like he's been plucked a little bit. And I don't know. I'm interested to see what Karrion Cross has to say. How can you not, if you're in a promo against him, bring up the fact that he just got jobbed out? It has to be addressed. Has to got, be. There's no way you can't say anything about it. Like I, I, I almost want to watch for how they decide to backpedal out of that scenario. Like, Well, Samoa Joe has to come to the ring and tell Karrion Cross he has to fight Jeff Hardy tonight or something. That's got to happen. Yeah. 
All right. On Wednesday night, we have Fighter Fest Night 2. Nyla Rose versus Britt Baker for the Women's Championship. Chris Jericho versus Sean Spears in the first of five labors of Jericho. Orange Cassidy versus The Blade. John Moxley versus Lance Archer in IWGP US Championship. Texas Death Match. And Frankie Kazarian versus Doc Gallows. That is the lineup for Fighter Fest Night 2. Yeah, it feels less exciting to me than Fight one, Fighter Fest Night 1. In general, this feels a lot more predictable i guess i would say i was it was excited to know that the kazarian gallows match maybe they'll start with that and this i think gives him sort of possibility for a redemption in the death match with kenny mm-hmm. omega and stuff i don't see moxley losing that match but it could happen in some weird world nothing else is exceedingly interesting yeah. to me yeah i'm pick, picking moxley in that match but if lance archer were to win i don't think it'd be a big surprise to me Lance Archer has certainly been to the dance a thousand times on AEW and not won the big match. So Yeah, and I would be okay with that. He had he was in New Japan for eight or nine years or whatever. He's held that title before. So it would be I would be happy and excited if Lance did beat him. Yeah. Um, me too. Tom Lawler will be defending the New Japan Strong Championship against Kojima this Friday on New Japan Strong. Also has the tag team title semi not title, tag team tournament semifinals with the Good Brothers facing off against Yuji Nagata and Ren Narita. And then Brody King and Chris Dickinson versus Jarrell Nelson and Royce Isaacs in the semifinals. So Those are both I think we're looking at Good Brothers versus King and Dickinson in that final. Feel, feels like it. Yeah. And then a big show this weekend, Wrestle Grand Slam, Tokyo Dome, Sunday at 3 a.m. Set your alarm clock. We have a five-match card, six-match if you include the KOPW handcuff stipulation Rambo. Rambo. Yeah. So you've got that. And then on the undercard, you've got Rocky Mero and Ryusuke Taguchi versus El Fantasmo and Taiji Ishimori for the junior tag titles. Robbie Eagles returning to face El Desperado for the junior title. Kazuchika Okada versus Jeff Cobb. Sonata and Naito defending the IWGP tag titles against Sabre and Taichi. And in the main event, Kota Ibushi challenging Shingo Takagi for the title that Kota Ibushi never lost, or he did lose it to Will Ospreay for a title he held once before the IWGP world championship. So I think Shingo needs to win here. He needs to, he needs to establish that title because nobody else has been able to. Yeah. Only Jay White loses on no title defenses really in new Japan. Cause he doesn't need a title to be awesome over there. Um, Tanahashi too. Usually two. Oh yeah. Ta- ta- right. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's true. Tanahashi can hold the title for a second as well. He's in he make, they both make for really good trend, both on opposite sides of the yeah. spectrum in terms of face and heel too. Um, should be a good show. I'm excited about it. Like the, the handcuff Rampo is goofy, but I'm sure it'll be fun. I don't see the tag titles changing, but it could happen. It was an odd pairing to me in the first place that won it. So we could see that flip the Okada match. I think will be low key, probably one of the better ones on the show. And Shingo Bushi, is not a match we've seen a whole bunch of. And I don't expect either one to walk away to, to what to after the match. No, they're they're this this is going to be pretty bloody. And Abushi, I don't think has been in the ring for a bit now too. So this will this will be a good show. This is this this is going to be fun. Yeah, Abushi had to deal with some uh, ramifications, or I guess he had to deal with some symptoms coming off of the COVID vaccine. So yep. uh, he has been out for a little bit. So should be a great show. Absolutely. Anything that we left off in the world of wrestling, Travis. MLW Riot is That's right. Battle Riot. Battle Riot is YouTube on. It's on YouTube and BN Sports 
this Saturday. Now this is a this is taped. It's not live. It was about a week ago, maybe two weeks ago at this point that they had Battle Riot. But this is the broadcast debut on both BN Sports and YouTube this weekend. A forty-person no DQ battle royal type of event where there's a new entrant every sixty seconds. So. Should be a lot of fun. I'm spoiler free at the moment, which is incredible given how much time I spend looking at news websites. And yeah, me too. So I'm gonna I'm gonna check it out because 40 man battle royal. Court Bauer has been involved with Royal Rumbles over the years and stuff like that. I when just want to see I, exactly. I want to see how they're gonna how they're gonna launch. This is their new launch for being sports and stuff like that for those guys. And there's I loved the draft format that they did where they released and leaked people and and I like the people that are over there too. And there's some they got some incredible lucha wrestlers. It should be a hell of a show, and I'm definitely gonna check it out. So that was the only thing I had on my plate. All right, for Travis, I'm Ryan. We will see you next time.